Welcome to Just Dads Reading Books, a podcast about judging your kids for what they read. This is produced by Matt Martins and EJ Sanders. Music by Russian Baths. Oh, hey, everybody. It's me. It's Just Dads Reading Books, and I'm here with my friend, EJ. What's this tone? We're calm. What's this tone? It's so calm today. <laughs> Hi, EJ. It's very calm. I'm here with my friend, Matt. Matt. <laughs> is this, uh, my, my new idea for this podcast, EJ, is it's, yeah. a, it's a podcast you listen to while you go to sleep. What do you say? Oh, wow. Why don't we lull people to sleep and teach them how to parent their children? Because we're definitely authorities on that. You know what? If we put our brains together, <laughs> we would have three brain cells. <laughs> Wait, do we both have one and a half, or does one of us have two? It's an interchangeable one. It's like an electron. It's trying to figure its way out through the world. I I like that I've started us in this energy, in this mood. The reality (laughs) is, I'm home alone. My daughter's asleep in the room next to me. I'm Mm -hmm. keeping it mellow, trying Mm -hmm. not to laugh too loud so I don't wake the toddler. It's that kind of a day. My excuse is I only match energy, so (laughs) I don't have any... I don't have any marketable <laughs> skill. Um, <laughs> so I just naturally do what you're doing and I've gotten this far. Dang yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just a mirror of other people. Like, <laughs> I, I'm just a, a soul sucking individual. Um, well, uh, speaking of individual, we've got, we've got yeah. Peter H. Reynolds on the docket mm-hmm. today. We're back in the world of picture books and children's books. Mm-hmm. Peter H. Reynolds is an illustrator who illustrated for uh, the Judy Moody books, but then has also gone on to do many, many, many of his own books and uh, animations and uh, things to help the world and educational foundations and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, this is probably maybe our second like proper educator that uh-huh. we've covered. Um, you know, Sophie is probably the the other one, right. um, who just are just pure educators. Uh, Peter Reynolds, uh, Canadian, um, don't like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. So Peter is a, is a twin of his brother, Paul, uh, Peter and Paul are, well, Peter is an animator and his brother, Paul is also somebody who helps write books with him, but. Uh, he seems like a swell dude, yep. and we read six of his books. That's right. There's a there's way, way, way more Wait. we could have really drowned oh, ourselves yeah. in Peter Reynolds' books, but we got what was accessible to us easily uh, at our local libraries and on the wonderful app that is known as Libby. Uh, thank Libby goodness for Libby, or this show I don't think would be possible. <laughs> yeah, you know, free I endorsement would say, of Libby yeah, again. We've done say, it before. We, I'll do it again. <laughs> We should reach out for a sponsorship to like tell them it's free. Like, yeah, just yeah, tell yeah. Them, you know, your just, app. We is want free. your permission exactly. to bring you up every single week. <laughs> we want to make sure you're cool with that. Yeah, we'll best, do it. Best for free. app in the world. <laughs> uh, so we we read a handful. Uh, we read the dot. We read ish. We read sky color. We mm-hmm. read B U. We read yeah. say something. Uh, I checked out one of the books of the Sugarloaf series, uh, which mm-hmm. is called The Best Kid in the World. So um, here's here's I want to lead. I want to lead with a couple negatives because I want to spend the rest of the episode in positive energy because I like this guy a lot and I like oh, his our positive table. Did energy. You say our table. Yeah. 
Uh, our table is another one. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I liked m- most of these books. However, however, I w- just mm-hmm. to get it out of the way, a couple of these books were not my favorite I've read for this show. <laughs> um, yeah. Be You, uh, Say Something, maybe a couple. There, there's probably others that are similar to those two. Um, just to spend a bit of time in, in cynical criticism mode. Um, I found them a little on the nose for what their messages were, almost like a greeting card, almost like a, how did we word it earlier when we were talking yeah, to each other? Yeah, it's like a pamphlet for a corporate retreat. Yeah. Is what, is what a couple... <laughs> for an eight-year-old. <laughs> right, for an eight-year-old. BU is very much uh, um, kind of a way to uh, bond with your fellow yeah. uh, corporate uh, goers. Child. <laughs> yeah, corporate children. Uh, boss baby in the house. Um, yeah, it's very, they're, they're, I mean, like the, the ideas behind them are, are good and authentic and pure, but mm. I mean, the book amounts to be you, stand up for yourself, be confident, be powerful, be strong. But like, I don't know, there's a difference between just saying that at me versus telling me a story wherein I learn those same lessons. And and the reason maybe it is even more off-putting in this context is because his other books absolutely do that. So it feels almost out of his style yeah. to shift over into this, like, pointing directly at you behind the page to be like, I love you and I think you're great and keep doing what you're doing, champ. Have at it. You can go the country mile. Bye-bye now. Yeah, the very PBS, the way that those two kind of... Uh, approach you uh, yeah. very much not even like a pbs show right like not sesame street no 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 the, com- more, the, the ad breaks like, in between pbs yeah, <laughs> yeah it I, you know and that's not to knock uh what the you know the illustrations are obviously mm-hmm. great because he's he's at first he is just an illustrator right yeah, like, yeah. overall i say just i, I mean, it's the harder job i think <laughs> but he was only doing that first yeah, yeah yeah right 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 so he's he's mostly an illustrator so being able to uh, communicate a lot of messages and he really just started with the three that we really liked yes um the dot ish and sky color those were kind of the first three yeah. of this series of what are called collection themes right um right but those three were like the ones you could tell he had planned out and mm-hmm. it really shines through i think in the in the stories yeah. that are told in those. what i will say about the other two uh to to start getting into positive mode is i mean holy cow the use of color in them is like very good very cool very fun like they're vibrant they're i mean they are attention seeking books there's other ways to get the kid interested in what you're reading if the book is just kind of saying like you're great or whatever i I do think they're they still stand out and and uh i liked looking through the illustrations it was just like i was kind of burning through it was basically like illustration on one page that was great to look at and the other side was one big bright color with the text I didn't care so much about. So it's like, I mean, 50% of every page I'm looking at is great stuff, right? <laughs> so whatever, who cares? But on the other side of it, let's get into the stuff that's really good, uh, which is, yeah, The Dot, which I believe is the first, really the first one that that came out mm-hmm. and everything is kind of in this The Dot collection, sort of. The Dot um, universe, yeah. yeah. The Dot uh, extended universe. <laughs> the multiverse of the Dot. The, the, yeah. uh, and a lot of these are dealing with essentially the same story, but different lessons to be told, which is like a kid in art class or a kid doing art of some kind. So the Dot is specifically, you know, this this kid who doesn't think they're up to snuff at being an artist. They're, they're having imposter syndrome. Hey, guess what? 
I know how you feel, buddy. <laughs> I know this this book wasn't for kids. This book was for daddy, for daddy to learn some important <laughs> lessons about himself. Uh, because <laughs> the kid just puts a dot on the page, and then the uh, the art teacher tells the kid to, hey, sign it. That's your that's your artwork. Yeah. And then the the kid is like, whatever, fine, I'll sign it. Oh, this is stupid, and I'm bad, and everything I do is bad. Mm-hmm. And then they leave. And when they come back the next day, their dot is up in a framed thing, and they're kind of like, oh. That's that's cool. I'm not one over, but I see some attention on it. I could do better. Yeah, I could do, do better than that. Oh. I could do something different. I could do a lot better. And then the whole book is trying new things. And how about a dot that looks like this? And how about a dot that's this big? And how about a dot that's this little? And what about and a, a negative space dot? Right. What about a negative <laughs> space dot? Like really playing in the space and just deciding yeah. to fuel yourself creatively by like circling around one idea and just sort mm-hmm. of being a part of that artistic process, right? That's what the end of the book ends up being about. It's just like, it's not about you being the artist that knows you're going to come out with the great thing. It's about just trying to change your idea every time you iterate on it and, oh, go in this direction and try this. I think that's especially pertinent to, obviously, visual arts, but I think it applies to many, many, many other art forms, which is to say, like, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm adjacent to uh, stand-up comedians and a huge part mm-hmm. of stand-up comedy is just an iterative try-it-out process. Uh, I've, right. I've also done plenty of writing and there's, you know, while there's rough a drafts. more, dir- yeah, there's rough, you've got a draft process involved in the writing process. And, and so you, you can still dance around in ideas until you come to a conclusion you think is good enough or whatever. Yeah, it's about finding you know, what's right through trial and error in a lot of times, but it's also about, um, opening yourself up, uh, to new ideas, you know, not calling something perfect right when you've done it the first time. Right. right. Nothing's perfect. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's the thing is the thing that it is and that's all that it needs. It doesn't need to be the perfect example of that thing. It's just the attempt you made that time or whatever. Yeah, and then like eventually, you know, you work yourself up to a point where people, you know, it's widely <laughs> known that maybe what you're doing is yeah. good, right? <laughs> like if you work hard enough at it, you know, if you put in the 10,000 Bill Gates hours of it, right. you know, like, uh, you know, maybe you too can build Microsoft. Yeah, know, with a heavy but, but on the flip side of that too, the book at the end has another kid that comes in and sees this kid's dot. You know, this kid now has a dot gallery. All my stuff is up and I'm kind of the popular one for my amazing dot portraits. And this other kid comes up and is like, well, I'll never be able to do all this stuff. And our main character kid has to have like an inward moment of like, Mm -hmm. oh, I've just been doing these. I haven't thought about each one of them too much, but they're all up in this gallery now. And now someone else is intimidated by that. No, 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 no. Just paint your thing and sign your name on it and move on Student to the next one. That's all this is. Everything in this room yeah. is something I slapped on the wall and moved on to the next thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Doesn't, yeah, it doesn't need to be overthought to be, uh, some, to put yourself out there. You know, yeah. you just have to have the bravery to do that, which right. is what the theme of this book is. So yeah. yeah. Very cool. And, and I think that feeds directly into, um, ish. Can you, uh, can you walk us through ish's themes? Yeah, so Ish is kind of, you know, it's about a lot of things about, like, writer's block. Yes. About, um, you know, not feeling great about things that you do, um, mm-hmm. confidence, right? So the book starts off, and you have a child who is not liking any of their artwork. They are wadding everything up and throwing it on the ground. Yep. Uh, and they go through the entire book like this. They're just kind of moping around. 
Um, and then at the like halfway point of the book, they, they find out that their like little sister or little brother is like a, been picking up the artwork and yeah. hanging it on the wall. And they're like, "Why are you doing that?" And they're like, "Well, it kind of looks like a it's like a it's like a vase, kind of like a vase." And they're like, "Well, it's vase ish, you know." <laughs> and that's I think that's such a cute way of approaching it. And uh, you know, somebody appreciates what you do. Yeah. Um, you know, there. I think that we get caught up in trying to be perfect a lot whenever we're making attempts at art um, that we don't allow ourselves some grace uh, yeah. and, and we don't allow ourselves uh, to be open to critique. Like we normally shut things down before we even get critique on it. Right. right. Um, like I, I, I can speak to that personally Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a lot of ways, right. Any art that I've ever done, like any writing that I've ever done may not see the light of day. Like mm-hmm. I may not have the confidence to show it off to people. Right. Um, and I think that that's a really important lesson. So two for two on the dot and ish yeah, absolutely. in terms of just like telling a story. And this is what kind of and going back to this, you know, this is kind of what chaps me a little bit about be you and say something <laughs> right. and even our table. Right. Yeah. All three of those don't really tell a story that teaches me a lesson. Yeah. It's telling it's me the lesson. Of, yeah. Say the lesson to me. Yeah. 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 I think ish too really worked for me in terms of not just like, oh, just have the confidence. Someone out there might like your thing, but also the character leans into the ishness of everything they want to make. They stop thinking about, I have to make the thing as it perfectly is in my mind. I'm, I am painting a vase. No, no, no. Everything you're painting is an ish. I mean, it's sort of a, you know, a Cessna pipe or whatever, you know, it's, it's not going to be anything, right? This is a piece of art. It's not going to be a vase. It's going to be your drawing of a vase. And I feel like that's something, I mean, I've never considered myself a good visual artist at all. Um, and I don't put the work in to even care, but what something I respect about when I do go to museums is recognizing like how much of you know especially i feel like in painting and like manipulating colors how much gets conveyed through you know if you stand back far enough or you squint your eyes enough that's when it looks like the thing it's supposed to represent it's not you know some not not everything is some perfect landscape painting you know interpretation of it through simplicity has its value and ish really i think expresses that idea of everything i'm drawing here is just ish it's just it's just a piece of paper with a likeness on it of the thing i'm trying to paint and and our our character gets to lean into even that and make things weird on purpose because i'm not making a vase i'm making my vase ish construct or whatever the the point the book gets to is he he i'll I'll read the passage uh roman felt light and this is after his sister says it's vase ish he says roman felt light and energized thinking ishly allowed his ideas to flow freely he began to draw what he felt loose lines quickly springing out without worry and 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 then the next page is like all of his ish drawings one of them is just afternoon ish i'm just drawing the idea and it's just like warm colors in a swirly line and it's it's him getting into abstract painting the the line that made me laugh out loud was he he then starts writing poems it inspired ish style writing he wasn't sure if he was writing poems but he knew they were poem ish and let me read to you ramon's uh poem from the from the book maybe i'll read it again at the end probably not i've been doing a poem thing but we haven't done it in a couple weeks but here's ponder 
by Ramon from Ish. Pond, ponder, dream yonder, pond, pond, yawned, yawned, gleam, wander. <laughs> ah, yes, snap, 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 snap. <laughs> it's just words on page, man. It's abstract. Yeah. It's stupid. Uh, the, the, one of my favorite artists uh, in the whole world uh, has stuff frequently on display at the Crystal Bridges Museum in Bentonville, Arkansas. I was about uh, to talk about Crystal Bridges. Yeah, there you see, see, we're getting into it. Yeah, my favorite artist at Crystal Bridges is uh, Mark Rothko. Um, oh, well, sure. Yeah, that'll do <laughs> it, huh? Who doesn't love Mark Rothko? <laughs> um, they, I think they only have one painting, and it's one of my favorite. I, it's Sorry, one of my favorite. It's my favorite painting at Crystal Bridges. I had never heard of Mark Rothko until 10 years ago mm-hmm. when I went to Crystal Bridges and saw this painting. It's called number 210 out of 211 orange. Mm. Um, and uh, it's one of those squint, you squint at it kind right. of uh, pictures. It's it's really basic. It's just orange. Um, mm-hmm. And it has this kind of brown outline. And what it looks like to me and what I've always said it looks like is it's kind of like looking through uh, a window on like a sunset, like one of those like icy windows, you know, like that mm-hmm. doesn't, that you can't see all the way through, um, you know. Uh, it looks like it's a really hot summer day and it's just like coming to a close. But it's, if you've seen this painting, it is literally just orange and brown. Like there's not a whole lot to it. Yeah, yeah. And for it to speak to me in that way, right, To for it to um, kind of capture me um, with that that essence of, of being somebody just laying in your hot room with the fan on as you watch the sunset through your your yeah. window is just like like you can be an artist and 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 capture whatever you want and it doesn't you know even need to be something that is really all that complicated uh and i just really love that painting look it up if you have time um but it's it's really great it is kind of an ish painting to me <laughs> yeah i was going to say one of my favorites is uh marsden hartley and he has a number of pieces at crystal bridges we're referring to the place that's nearby us but you these are also famous uh the people you can find their art anywhere but um marsden hartley is uh kind of from the early 1900s and mm-hmm. uh is doing a lot of that kind of squint one of my favorite ones that that you see uh, a lot of is just an image of these mountains that are he's just sort of slapping purple paint on the canvas in a rough mountain shape (laughs) it's just a dome but the the way the colors make you feel makes it feel like uh, like a sunrise you're sitting at a cabin or something it's called hall of the mountain king by Marston oh, Hartley. Yeah. And yeah, I've seen that. It one. is just like it's got big, dumb, stupid, goofy clouds up in the sky too. <laughs> but it's like it just evokes this feeling of like an autumn evening or an autumn morning or whatever. Right. And there's a number of his stuff that's kind of all in in my favorite. But the thing that like always gets to me about Marston Hartley is his stuff always looks like he's not a very good painter. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's there's yeah. especially one where it's like a picture of a guy. Uh, yep. and it looks like a bad, it looks like a high schooler, uh, or like a kid in junior high would be making this self portrait, but it's like it, I don't know. It sends the message. I mean, the, all of his stuff is very ishly. You can look at all these vase of flowers and his still lifes are all like, as if he's drawing them with a crayon or something. And it, it yeah, just gets like, at this uh, idea. I like his New Mexico landscape. Too. Yes. Like that one's, I, there's no 
there's no reason it should speak to you in the way that right. his art does. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like you take one glance at it and, and you're hooked. Like, right. I, I don't know what it is about his use of color mm-hmm. uh, on a canvas that is just so captivating. But yeah, Mars and Harley is one of the, one of the greats that we have <laughs> <laughs> near at least locally that we get to appreciate. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Ish inspires, um, you know, it would inspire anybody from any time period. You know, we're yeah. obviously talking about a modern artist from 100, 130 right. years ago, basically. Yeah. So. yeah, it's it's a fun take on teaching children about postmodernism, basically. I mean, that's literally what Ish is doing is like, quit thinking it needs to be anything exact at all. It is a personal thing. Art is a personal thing right. where it's just about you and what you're putting on the on the page it's not about your intent even i think it's funny how wrapped up so often conversations can get in artist intent mm-hmm. when it's like if you talk to artists most of the time they don't have as much intent they sort of have intents and they have inspirations but they're also just spitting ideas on the page and doing what they can um so yeah i uh, these two are great and that can lead us into uh sky color which is our other favorite and sky color i think is a little bit more narrow in its idea which i think is is really great but uh, it is about a school who is going to put together a mural um, mm-hmm. and all the kids get to be a part of painting it. And there's one girl at the school who's very into painting. She she's she considers herself an artist and she decides she gets to paint the sky. She wants to do the sky color. And then she's looking through the box of paints and there's no blue in there. And she sort of starts to freak out and doesn't know what she's going to do because she doesn't have any blue. And then the middle of the book is her going home towards the end of the day and it's the evening and then it's and then it's like late dusk and she's looking outside and not putting two and two together yet she's just like and she sat and she thought more about what is she going to do without there being any blue and she looked at the night sky with the moon and it's not blue either and then she woke up in the morning early and saw not blue and she finally essentially comes to the realization that I can grab whatever ding dang colors I want because the sky is just gets to be this thing it's just the empty space behind what everybody else is doing and it makes uh by the end of the book they sort of reveal the uh whole mural and it's just this beautiful splash of a bunch of different colors i mean it's it's like we talked about with the other ones this is an artist who has a wonderful grasp on color making a book about like you can do whatever you want with color it's gonna look cool it's just things you don't think about right it's it i i always growing up it's so cool because I wish that I had been open to these ideas when I was a kid. I wish mm-hmm. I had gathered information in the way that the kids in these books gather information. Right. Um, knowing that the sky is purple and orange and all of these beautiful dust colors. Yeah. Like, and, and just being creative. Like, oh, come on. Like, yeah. it's so good. Like this one is so good. I think sky color spoke to me the most, like from mm-hmm. a personal experience standpoint mm. of just being like, I mean, just anytime I see a sunset now, like being the ripe old man that I am now, right. Like toward, you know, in my, just in my twilight years, uh, just, just knowing that it's coming to an end, <laughs> just knowing that, uh, has really opened my eyes to a lot of things, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm obviously should have that wisdom. And I just hope that books like these that tell this great story about um, observation and and taking those observations and applying it. Right. Like I was never much to observe and apply. And I wish 
right? Like I wish I could go back and yeah. be somebody who could do those things right. at a young age. Right. Um, obviously nothing's stopping me. As <laughs> Here we are to, to do it, but you know, I'm a podcaster. Dang it. What do you want me? What do you want? Like, this, this is what I do. Well, what I love is what these three books sort of culminate in what you feel all together. Cause like you're talking about with sky color, it's, it's taking a more observational approach because the the similarity between like the dot and sky color right there's a, there's a there's a thread here which is it's supposed to look this way and i can't make it look the way it's supposed to look and the character in the dot realizes or even uh, more so in ish i suppose in, in ish it's like oh it can look however i want it to look and sky color is it doesn't look like anything in particular at any one time. And there's many different versions of the thing I want it to look like. So you can combine both of those together to like reinforce someone to say, you can't get it wrong. You can't screw this right. up. You can paint it, the sky purple. And, and it, it would be sometimes right. it's purple and you would be correct. Right. And even if it was, even if you did it a color, it's never been. That's right. cool too. It's, it's sky ish, whatever, like <laughs> let it be whatever you want it to be. The, the three themes. So again, the, the, all the collection of these books is the themes collection and they're all sort of given a, a tag of what mm -hmm. they want it to be. And the dot ish and sky color are bravery, confidence, and creativity uh, all together. And like those are everything else that he wants to tell you about, I think is, is cool and good. But those three make sense why they're sort of a, a collection because those three yeah, things are deeply taught. You need bravery to have confidence. You need creativity to be able to do something with your bravery, right? Like they, I just feel like they all cross together. Yeah, there's a progression, right? You yeah. got to start with bravery right. to build confidence yes. and then eventually get to your creativity, right? That's right. So yeah. that's, that's the order that they are in and that's the order that I would imagine that uh, Peter is trying to communicate as well, but yeah, just to, I think those, if, if anything, if you have the opportunity, get those three, um, they're well worth it. Um, yeah. Peter's done a lot with the dot as well. Um, has like an entire day dedicated to that book, mm -hmm. um, that people participate in just, just drawing dots. Yeah. I think that's a lovely way to just let people be artistic. You right. know, I think it's one thing that Again, I just, I kind of regret about my own life right now. Yeah, yeah. Starting to have regrets. I'm like reminiscing over <laughs> sure. here where I'm just like, where I'm just like, I have opportunities to be creative, mm -hmm. um, you know, and just taking those opportunities. Right. Um, and I, I really, really, truly love that message from Peter. So yeah. Um, as, as far as his books go, uh, those three for sure give, I'd give an A plus. I think absolutely that they are yeah. are excellent. I mean, some they literally helped right. me cope with some stuff. I'm sure they'll help a child. <laughs> certainly, yeah, like, certainly they're capable of that. <laughs> EJ's having EJ's having an existential crisis <laughs> on the show. Like, well, I I want to these books, maybe we so. could take a second. I want to speak to what you're talking about too, because I I agree. It's I come from more of always having the desire to to be a writer of some kind um, yes. for a long time. It was like screenwriting, but also just, I like writing. I'm reading so many more books now than I ever did growing up and getting more invested in the idea of not thinking about what my writing needs to be about and what it's right. theme. I, I sit down to think I'm going to write something and I'm like, well, I got to make sure this theme is conveyed well enough and I got to make sure this idea is expressed and I got to make sure I have sort of an outline to know where I'm going. And there's just so many right? creatives out there telling me, no, 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 stop. Just 
just start putting words down and you can clean them up and do what you want with later. Like, just let it be iterative because the only way you get stuff on paper is by putting it on the paper and you have to have the desire to just let that fall out of you uh, to, to actually succeed at doing it. It's not like, uh, you know, most writers are out there perfectly crafting every theme that's going to be expressed in their book and then writing to it after they've planned it out. It's like, no, 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 they discover the themes as they realize where they want characters to go and what they want the story to be about. When you think of the most creative writer, who is it that you think of? The most creative writer for me in my life, uh, I mean, has to. it's sort of a simple answer, but for me, it's Douglas Adams. Um, just growing mm-hmm. up with the things... He's always expressing the things that always resonate with me is I can open up literally any page of any Douglas Adams book and find a quote that will instantly make me laugh. Like just a a single line where it's just like, God, how did he come up with that? Like how, where did that even come from? And and especially character wise too. And and the storylines he's going through are, are immensely, you know, unique, but, but it's also his voice, his, just his own voice in every sentence he utters is, is himself. Yeah, I, I really love that answer. Um, and I'm going to go a different direction with it here in a minute, but I want to talk more on Douglas Adams and just how, you know, how do you think Douglas Adams gets to that point, you right. know, um, of of being just kind of out and out brilliant, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I just, I struggle to think that Douglas Adams got it in one, you know? Right. Oh, definitely not, yeah. Right, yeah. It, definitely not. But like, but with somebody like Douglas Adams who is just so... Um, just so creative, right? Yeah. Um, you would think that uh, that process took a long time, and I, you'd have to think that he's somebody who's just patient with himself, mm-hmm. or was patient with himself, um, to be able to to get through the process far enough and end up at a point where it's perfect. Not because the the material executes everything in every way. It's right. it's because Douglas it's Douglas Adams yes. executing Douglas Adams at his best ability. That's right. Yeah, yeah. His voice crazy. is so authentically held by himself that it doesn't matter what his story. I'm you and I have read one of his books uh, within the last yeah. year that wasn't even one of our fate. We were like, oh, it was okay. Yeah. But I still chalk it up with everything else he's ever written of just like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was still perfectly authentically Douglas Adams. Yeah. Douglas Adams will always write what will, will have always had written. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect Douglas Adams. Book, yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, exactly like, right. that, that's, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. For me, that person is like, uh, you know, this is the first person I've thought of, and it may not be the correct answer or anything, but somebody who I always get their communication, uh, you know, may, even though they're very hard to understand is Thomas Pynchon. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Who writes in his very own unique style. Yes. And I think to myself, how does Thomas Pynchon write Gravity's Rainbow? You know? <laughs> how do you do like, that? <laughs> how, how, seriously. Yeah, right? how does we're one talking do about that? two different people here, and we're talking about. <laughs> Two entirely different writing styles, right? Yeah, yeah, right? very much so. Like, very, very, very different. Where, But but Thomas Pynchon's writing style comes across mm-hmm. in every single page. You open up a Thomas Pynchon book, and you read the, the most pretentious sentence in the world, and then you think to yourself, yeah, well, I don't know what he's talking about, but it sounds great. Like, I'll be forced I, to grapple with that sentence for about five forever. years and turns out this book is like 40,000 <laughs> sentences. So I've well, got a lot it, of thinking to sentences, do. His sentences are three paragraphs long. Like 
it's like yeah it's so so the fact that that both of those guys like we can come up with those two guys right and there, and there are plenty of others right yeah. most yeah. Uh, most every writer who has a an influential voice you you would be able to put in this category but they all always end up writing the perfect their book yeah and i think that that's kind of the message that i get from peter's stuff here is yeah. just don't try to make something that everybody likes. Try to make something that's you. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Man, what a what a note to go out on. Y'all, thank you for joining us for another picture book episode. I hope everyone likes these because, boy, I like doing them even if they're like <laughs> all of 10 minutes of research of reading a couple books at a library and then showing up. Almost every single time EJ and I have done it, I think we come in like, this might be a 15-minute episode, and then we just go off. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. thank you all. Uh, next week's episode, I'm very excited because it's time, it's time. to finally return oh, we're so excited. to Terry Pratchett. We're Let's doing go. our next book. We are not continuing the Guards Guards series. We might do that down the line, but we wanted to try out a, a, an opener for a different series. So we are mm -hmm. reading Mort, which is the That's beginning cool. of the series about the character Death in the Discworld series. And I, it's the actually the one I've always very, very much wanted to read. It's the one I always thought I would read first and have not gotten around to yet. So I'm, I couldn't be more stoked, not only because we've got a little bit more fantasy backing behind us for me to maybe sink my teeth in more i also i haven't found a good quick audio book of it i want to get i think i'm just going to read this one on my new uh e-reader that i got uh, for oh, for go. christmas last year i'm i'm think i'm gonna like sit down and what i learned from guards guards was like ah listening to it maybe didn't work for me but i think reading it would in the same way that i think listening to douglas adams doesn't work for me i've listened to douglas adams stuff in the past and you miss you miss the little lines you need every line to be cared for well maybe but then you said you did send me the audiobook. Well, no, okay, there's great characters. <laughs> when when Douglas Adams reads his own book, you listen to the whole thing and you have a delightful time. But you still you still, even within having a delightful time, miss how many extra jokes he's throwing at you. <laughs> yeah, but Bill Nye is is doing Oh yeah, more. Bill Nye does more. Yeah, yeah. Maybe okay, actually sorry. Scrap so, that. Wait. I'm gonna find the audiobook so that I can listen to Bill Nye uh do do more. Yeah, that's right. I yeah. forgot. Yeah, you, you sent me that. I was like, I can't believe he's not going to listen to Bill Nye do, do this book. I'm I'm down for that. So uh, very excited. Mort's the only Pratchett book I had ever heard about. Yeah. Um, uh, even bef before we started this podcast, whenever you introduced Guards, Guards, uh, Guards, Guards, back, guards. In, that was good. back in November, um, uh, you know, I had heard about it only from you. So, mm. uh, but I really enjoyed Guards Guards, and I'm so excited to get back into Pratchett and get back on our fantasy series. Yep, uh, I'm excited to do some longer books in the coming weeks. So, absolutely. Thanks everyone for joining us. And uh, <clears throat> pond ponder, dream yonder, pond pond, yond yond, glean wander, William Wordsworth. <laughs> 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 <laughs>